The Role of Men in the Time of Crisis. Lucy Pattinson's guest on the Quantum Questions podcast today is Arthur Lederer. Lucy is a co-founder of the Quantum Questions and is part of the team running the Who Am I series. She has been a breath coach for over 30 years, leading seminars and running a private practice. Arthur Lederer has been a spiritual practitioner for 21 years within the schools of the Atman International Federation of Yoga and Meditation. His activities and experiences are very varied. He was a chairman for a human rights organization. He's also been a consultant for organizations on development and management. He had a former military career and now teaches groups in self-development. As well as teaching yoga and meditation, Arthur has been leading retreats and workshops for men for over a decade. Welcome, Arthur. This is really brilliant to have you on the Quantum Questions podcast with such an interesting topic. You chose the title of this talk, uh, The Case for Manhood. Let me have a look. The Role of Masculinity in the Time of Crisis. What an interesting title. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So in that title, you've got the case for manhood. Out of interest, why did you choose those particular words? I mean, I did ask you to do one on masculinity, and Mm -hmm. this was how you narrowed it down. So why those choice of words, Arthur? Well, I have to tell you that... uh, having many, many, many conversations with uh, men and women and also having guided some actions and activities for men and for couples, I see in an interesting and you could even say a bit of a concerning way, the fact that uh, more and more what in bef- before was taken for granted is now being questioned of when we talk about, for example, masculine roles, masculine roles in society, masculine roles in a relationship, masculine role within a man's life itself. More and more often comes this question, but why should a man have a role? Why should we even talk about it? Uh, And even seeing it as a limitation or an insult or a mistake or a cause of a problem, the fact that we should even consider that there are masculine roles, as though it is a kind of a judgment or if it's a kind of an oppression uh, or is something that is uh, uh, negative. And 10 years back, rarely, rarely, I used to have questions like that. Now it's almost, you know, if I'm talking to 20 people, for sure, two of them are gonna raise this issue. And it's growing more and more and more. And you can also see it reflected very much in the the media, in the social networks, in the general conversation. And so before we never had to have a case for uh, manhood or for masculinity or the fact that this is why we need manhood. Uh, It just was. The only question, the only discussion was, how do we improve our masculinity? Uh, Now, before talking about how do we improve it, comes even the question, do we need it? And why is it needed? Because obviously, 
it's not so clear anymore. And there is a reason for that. I mean, it, it is a good question. It's a question we should look into. Yeah, for sure. And I, it's the same actually with the word feminine and masculine. It's, I wouldn't say they're dirty words, but there are so many negative connotations around those words these days. So if you're a feminine woman, you're probably a bit weak, a, a bit sidelined. And if you're a masculine man, you might be um, a bit scary almost um, and very sexual. So it does need refinding, I think, because there, sh there should be so much beauty in that word, shouldn't there? Yeah, and, and you, you, you have it completely right. And it's not just the words, because you see, there are many studies that show that the words we use actually create our perspective of reality, actually create our, our mindset. And uh, uh, it's not just that the word femininity became negatively charged. The idea of femininity became such with such negative associations. I can give for one simple example. Actually, there are so many. Uh, a little while ago, I was uh, in a building where I work and somebody came and rented their room and a woman. And she came in carrying a box of stuff that she needed for what she was going to do in that room. And I, aiming to be a gentleman, came to take the box from her and carry them because we had to go up two flights of stairs. And she jumped back and like, what are you doing? I just want to help you to carry the box. Why are you, why? Why do you want to help me to carry the box? Because it looks big and heavy and uh, wanted to give a hand, but I don't insist. And she took it as an insult. Another case was, I was driving a woman somewhere. And as we were going to the car, I took her luggage and I carried them. And she was like, why are you taking my luggage? Because it's, you know, I'm not carrying anything and, you know, to help you. And then when we got to our destination, she, uh, she made the point of her taking my luggage to keep it even, which is showing that there came this uh, uh, idea that a woman should be able to do everything that a man does in any situation. And yes, she should be able, but the question is, does she have to? Out of curiosity, Arthur, how did that make you feel when your offers for help were rejected? Did it make well, you feel confused? Did it? The first second was confused because um, in my personal life, I'm, I'm hanging around a lot of people who have a similar mindset as me. And where we play uh, with my colleagues, with my, girlf with my uh, girlfriend, we play very much with this idea of polar roles of a masculine role and a feminine role and playing with them. And it's actually very nice. And I even, uh, I lived for some years in a country in Romania, which is the Francophonic uh, country. And it's at some point there I was exposed to the fact that because in my relationship, uh, I was pointed out to me by my lover at that time that uh, I am not, I'm acting in ways which are not according to some rules. And then I found out that there's actually a book a book of uh, the code of chivalry with 
rules. When a man goes through the door, he should open the door to the woman. When uh, uh, they go downstairs, he should walk first. So if she falls, he can catch her. And like series of such rules, when they walk on the street, he should walk the one towards the, the main street so that if there is a car coming, he would be able to save the woman. Or if it splashes some mud at you from, you know, he, he takes the brunt of it. All stuff what comes from a certain what used to be a code of chivalry, which is beautiful. Now, me coming originally from uh, Israel, which is a kind of a rebellious country that rebelled against all of the ideas of uh, having uh, uh, rules, for example, children fight with their parents, uh, soldiers fight with their commanders. The whole structures of hierarchy have been kind of rebelled against. And it's a very, even from a perspective of, uh, um, in social studies, Israel is famous to be the most, uh, the country with the least bit uh, distance, power distance, like difference of power between different hierarchies and roles and so on. Uh, and as part of that, there's also very, very little uh, such polarization, we can say, between men and women in that way. You can even find it in the military. Uh, when I was an officer in the military, women were uh, trained to be infantrymen, they were uh, uh, fighting in battles. It's true, not in the elite units that the men were, but there were units with where women and men were fighting together and uh, the women were kind of doing as much as those men. Uh, so it was very, very odd to me, this idea that now there are these rules that you should follow. And I felt it on, it on me at that point as though it was some kind of dogma that was forced on me and it wasn't reflecting what I actually wanted spontaneously to manifest. It took me a while to suspend this tendency of rebellion and just not refuse it, but kind of try to look into the heart of the matter, into the spirit of it. And I realized that it wasn't about now following social norms. It was about guidelines, how to best play a game. And that when I was doing it, not because my girlfriend was expecting me to follow the book, but as guidelines as to ways in which I could manifest my care for her, it was actually corresponding to something in my heart because I did have in my heart this wish to use my force and my power, which is greater at a physical level than that of my, my girlfriend, to take care of her. And therefore giving a proper um, use, harmonious constructive use to my physical power for something that is good good for both me and her. Because with the absence of doing that, then we are stuck with the fact that men do have undeniably, most men, not all, but most men have greater physical power than women. And then if we don't give it a constructive use, then one of two options happen. Either we, that power becomes something that becomes misused, and abused. And then we are talking about what people today call toxic masculinity. But it's just power that is not channeled because we forgot what is the role of the man. So we use it for other stuff like domination. And the other possibility is, 
well, there's no role, no need for the power, then no need, then there will be no power there where it's not needed, which means we forego that power. And what we get is a very, very weak man. And here I'm not just talking about physical weakness. It's also other strengths which are specific, more, you can say, typical to men. Like the uh, attention is not just about physical strengths. It's also about attention, always being aware what is happening. There are the cars here we are walking. I should always be aware to protect her. Um, awareness of the situation, which is something that generally men are a bit more geared to, always finding out where are the dangers, what are the points of interest. You can say it's part of our evolution. You know, we were the hunter-gatherers, so we had to be able to have that kind of that awareness, but it's also part of how we are built. And when I was playing that role, I was feeling myself properly placed and fulfilled in that relationship much, much, much more. And here, I, after a while, I realized that actually we could analogically say that it is like uh, lessons in dancing that when you want to dance together, like ballroom dancing, there are certain steps that need to be followed. And both sides need to follow those steps in order to have the dance as complete and as beautiful and fulfilling as possible. Now, you don't have to dance together and you don't have to dance by those steps. But if you dance by those steps, for sure, it will come out very beautiful. And then those indications were kind of guidelines of how to dance as best as you can, without stepping on your partner, without stepping into their space and so on. So basically, this is my approach now, that uh, we need to understand why masculinity is needed. What does it have to give to the relationships we have today, to our personal life and our growth for men, to society in large? Because by understanding that, we will be able to step into that, which will give a proper use for all the gifts that men have, have. And with the absence of that, the men lose on something which is extremely important for their own growth. And society in large loses something because we do need, especially in periods of crisis, there is a need for strong men. And strong here doesn't necessarily mean that they go to the gym and they have huge muscles, but strength of character, which Yes, there are also women with strength of character, obviously, but the typical masculine strength are different than the typical feminine strength, and they are com complementary and they polarize each other. Yes, it, it's a surprisingly um, hot topic, isn't it? And I hadn't realized what a hot topic this was until I ran the Who Am I series, where we talk about polarity and Something that comes up a lot is people feel it's old fashioned. It and is. What you're saying about many people might think, you know, we've moved on, come on. And, and also the, the thing that it somehow disempowers a woman if a man is powerful in the way you're talking about. So how is it that a man powerful in the way you're describing doesn't overpower a woman? Yeah. So I would put here two things. First, about this with the old-fashionedness. It is old-fashioned in the sense that it's ancient. Uh, 
very old. <laughs> yeah, but that's not in itself. That's definitely not a negative thing. Where did we get the idea that if something existed forever, then it must be bad? On the contrary, most likely it was good. Otherwise, it wouldn't last for so long. We should prove if something. Uh, if, if we think that something is not good and it should be changed, we should prove what that is. Um, so that's, and generally we have a problem now with aiming to this idea of social change, where we take things that were structured in a certain way for thousands of years, and there must've been a good reason for that, and then trying to change them. But we change in a way we have a theory, we have an ideology, and we think if we'll change like that, everything will be better. But we don't know if we are honest, because how would we know? There are so many factors and so many aspects that we don't control and we are not probably aware of. And naturally, only after you experiment something, you will see what are the results. So generally, you wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't think it's a good idea to take all your money and all of it put on some experiment. You will make a small experiment because you don't know what consequences will be. Or to take the whole population and inject them all with some experimental new drug before you've actually tested it on a few people. Nobody in the right mind will do that. But here in society, we're like, oh, let's change everything according to our ideology. No testing, no checking how it turns out. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we see growing levels of, uh, I mean, skyrocketing levels of, of divorce uh, happening. I, as one such example, uh, much higher uh, use of prostitution, much higher rate of people, uh, of people who don't manage to find romantic partners. I think these things are related. And these things have enormous results because just to be clear, a divorce has enormous impact on the child. And we know that, and about how they will grow their social integration. So there are many, many dominoes that we have no awareness of. And it's a little bit freaks me out the fact that we are even just to talk about, hey, let's, yes, change is all, is natural and is good, but let's take it step by step measures. Let's not destroy things that existed for thousands of years and replace them by new just because of a theory. But Arthur, you know, also the old fashioned masculine wasn't perfect. You know, it's like, I think that there is this encouragement for men to open their heart more. That has to be a positive thing, which a hundred years ago they weren't. So surely that is a positive development. First of all, it depends where, because we shouldn't say that kind of huge judgments, because we have very much this uh, Victorian perspective of how things were, you know, in England a uh, hundred years ago with a very austere kind of society. And yeah, one that was in some ways, you could say, castrating women. Um, but it wasn't that like that everywhere. I mean, for example, in India, which was having some very strong masculine role models, but also had very beautiful feminine role models. You didn't find that, you know? And the same was found also in other countries. So we shouldn't have this like general judgments about humanity in general. But yes, 
uh, that leads to the second part of your question, which is how do um, we prevent uh, these masculine powers from becoming something that is abusive? Well, there it's another aspect, which is for the masculinity, you see, um, part of the reason for the misuse of the masculine traits is due to not understanding what they are meant to be used for and using them for other things. And part of it comes from not understanding the role of femininity. Because um, most often, most often the, when we see men misusing their power in order to dominate women, this comes due to the fact of an actually weak character on the part of the men, which is scared of the raw power that the woman is usually manifesting because women have in them a raw power that uh, in many ways is much beyond the ability of men. The power of creativity, of manifesting, of, uh, of imagination, of spontaneity. It, it's not by coincidence we say mother nature, we don't say papa nature. This, raw creative power that we find all around us, which is very beautifully manifested through the being of a woman, with her emotions, with her ideas, with her imagination. And, um, and um, often men who haven't sufficiently developed themselves find themselves in front of that hurricane of energy and feeling overwhelmed by it overwhelmed by her ability to love, overwhelmed by her ability to be pissed off and angry and make a scandal, overwhelmed by her desires to have, to make love more or to spend money on all kinds of things and feeling that they, the men, that they don't have resources to cover all that, then they basically just want to find a way to put the woman in a small corner or in a cage where she will be easy to control and will not take too much trouble. And they do that by using their power to either using the mental power to manipulate the woman into a dom dominated corner, or sometimes their physical power, you know, to slap the woman around or to threaten her, or their uh, often we know that we find men in situation when they are the primary uh, um, uh, money maker in, in the family. And then they use the fact that they earn the money to make all the decisions and force them on the woman. All of these are just ways of the men to use some gifts that they have in order to put the woman in a way that she will, they will not be challenged by her. And it's a huge pity because first of all, the man qualities were given him in order for him to be of service for the woman, for him to take care of the profound soul needs of the woman. Uh, not her egotic needs, but the profound needs that she has in the heart. But the problem that to know between these two differences, you require a great lucidity. But that's one of the gifts that men have and is also in the same time is one of the challenges for men to learn and to grow when they develop their true power. Or um, we can also say that uh, one of the uh, um, I mean, in a way, with all those creative power that women bring, they bring the flavor, they bring the sense of life into the man's 
men's world and men's life. Otherwise, men can be very imbalanced beings by their nature. They would just work or they will just drink or they do one thing and they do it all the way. And you know, no organism can live happily like that. You need to round things up. And a woman is much more sensitive to find that balance, to bring in other aspects, to know when a change is needed. And because of not understanding that, because not understanding that the woman is bringing us something that is so absolutely needed, we take the gifts that she brings, and just because those gifts come in a way that is not convenient for us, we see them as a curse and we try to control them and to make them small. When in reality, every time that a man feels overwhelmed by a woman, is actually it's not just that he's overwhelmed by the woman, he's overwhelmed by his own inner woman because a man has all those qualities that the woman manifests, also the man has inside of him as his own feminine aspect, his emotions, his energy, his needs, just like a woman has all those masculine qualities as well inside her as her inner man. And also these qualities are reflected in generally, all of life is like one big woman with all its surprises and storms. And when a man is overwhelmed by a woman, it's just a sign that he's overwhelmed by life, he's overwhelmed by his own energy, his own emotions. And it just means that this is an opportunity for the man to train, not to control it by force, but to control it by awareness. Because when a man becomes lucid and aware, he is able to stand there silent in the heart of all that storm of energies. And then he's undisturbed by them and he's able to see in them which are the parts that are essential and which are not. And just by the fact that he's there centered, the storm itself starts to become more balanced and harmonious, which is actually what the woman needs from the man. The woman in herself needs to develop these qualities inside her but they are much easier for the man than it is for the woman. And until she has learned to awaken them gradually, it's very helpful for her that there is a man there who is standing there. Because you know, a woman has a very bad day and a good day and often in the same day. Men also have good days and bad days, but the good days are not as good as the good days of the, of, of, for the woman. And the bad days are not as bad as the bad days of the woman. Men tend to be more steady. From a woman perspective, we can say they tend to be more flavorless and boring than the, all of the possibilities that the woman has. So I do want to ask you about the crisis bit in a moment, but before we get on to that, what would you say to me as a woman to, um, in a way, honor and encourage a man to live more in his masculine role? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, first of all, a man has to help himself. So um, if the man doesn't want to help himself, the woman cannot do all that much. But one thing that, uh, I mean, that uh, is very useful is um, for the woman to look inside her because I noticed very much Again, there are always, this is generalities, there are always exceptions, but generally, always when uh, having lectures or classes about these topics, 
the women are the one who ask the most questions and most of the questions are about the men the men don't ask anything eventually afterwards only alone one-on-one -on -one, they ask um, and it would be good for the woman to kind of not to follow this tendency to just look at what's happening with the men but to look inside because as the woman awakens her feminine qualities and also learns if the man is a bit imbalanced if she learns to awaken her inner lucidity and awareness the thing that the man is missing she will be less threatening for the man and it will help the man to so if she takes care of herself it will help the men. And one unfortunate aspect with men is that if you tell a man to do something, he'll probably not gonna do it. And I've if- I've learned that one, Arthur. <laughs> I've learned that one. Yeah, I, I know many women have. And if he would do it, he will do it begrudgingly. And, you know, he will not be happy about it. He will do it just because, you know, the woman asked him and he will not feel good. Whereas if a man does something out of his own choice, he feels so happy and perfect with it. And we need the man to make his own choices because otherwise it just won't work. So if you want him to do something, don't tell him to do it. Even though it might take him a year to get to the conclusion, let him. Actually, a woman can often give the man the idea to do it without him realizing that but not by telling him do that or please do it but by saying hmm, wouldn't it be nice if or we could also do that and then the man has like the um, ability to uh, come to the con you, you, you made him aware and now he comes to the conclusion about it. And often women are frustrated. Why does the man doesn't do that? When you see the problem with men is that we are generally don't, we don't look around much. We are focused to do what's in front of our eyes. We don't look right and left. Not like women who usually always see many, many things and many, many ideas and possibilities. So a woman could help like this by just raising options, but then, you know, stepping back and letting the man to decide his own course. So that would be something that could uh, help a lot. And another thing would be to give the man space to, to manifest in the relationship in his own, uh, the role that was assigned to him by nature. Because if the woman takes that space, the man will never won't have any space to manifest. And one simple example is in this beautiful game, and it is a game because fundamentally speaking, we all have the same souls. We are all, you know, the same in the eyes of God, but with our specific physical bodies, our emotional structures, men have some tendencies that are different than the tendencies that women have. And that can easily be beautifully experimented in a kind of a play in the relationship. So in that play, it's nice to leave a space for the man to play side and not to step over that line, because otherwise, even if the woman is capable, she's capable to do it, but she will choose not to, so the man has space. Because otherwise, we find yourself the man, woman alone with a man who is kind of absent in the relationship. One example for this is... Um, um, for example, me and my lover often when it's about, you know, wanting to do holiday or going out or something like that. 
she comes, because we've played this a lot of time before, she comes with ideas and options and suggestions. Oh, we could do this, or we could do that, we could do that. And she lets me decide what are we gonna do? And actually, when you think about it, it's very beautiful because, um, I mean, many women are concerned, but uh, what if he decides wrong? But if he's deciding from the options you give him and you only give him good options, then he cannot make a wrong decision because you only gave him you know, options that you like. And again, this is generalities, but often working in many, many relationships and many situations and working with couples, I could, you could, I could see, and I think if you look inside, we can often see it, that men generally have a much easier time making a decision than a woman. A woman can suffer along a lot along making a choice, and maybe this, maybe that, and going back and forth. Well, for a man, usually making a decision is very, very simple, much simpler. On the other hand, men are almost, they are so handicapped with finding options. When I'm thinking what to eat, I, it doesn't come to me this and you know five different ideas. It comes to me the same thing I ate yesterday and the, the, the thing I ate before and the thing I ate before that. We usually just look at what's right in front of us. Where women see so many options. And so that's a gift that they have. And because of that, often men stay stuck with the one same choice. They're easy to make the choice, but they don't see any alternative. Even when they're so, you've done this for three years, you should do something else. And women always come with this something else, something new, which without that, the man will stay the same his entire life. He will never move, he will never change, you know, nothing. So like this, they complete each other very, very beautifully. Now, of course, the women could also choose for themselves. And some women have developed this ability to make the choice much better. But if they choose, they don't leave space for the men to learn to choose. And the same with the other side. So like this, we, uh, we can play this game beautifully together. And when you look at that, there are many, many, many such opportunities. Now, of course, there is a challenge because sometimes when the woman come with like, three suggestions, oh, I would like to do this or that or that. And the man is like, but we don't have time for all these things and we don't have money and it's not the time. And then the man tries to shut the woman up, shut her down because he feels he cannot deal with it. But that's the masculine problem here, not realizing that you don't have, first of all, the woman doesn't need necessarily to fulfill all these three suggestions, just to, to fulfill one of them maybe. And sometimes you don't even need to fulfill any of them. It's just the need to raise them and experiment with the idea. Just like when going shopping, me and, I mean, it's crazy. When I go shopping, I don't go shopping. I know I need a shirt. I know what shirt I want. I go, I find the shirt, I buy it, I come back. Well, often with women, you know, you go, you try 10 different dresses until choosing one. And for me, it feels like a huge waste of time, but it's not. It's the experience of trying different options, which in itself is fulfilling. And sometimes not even buying one and it's still good because it wasn't about needing a dress. It was about trying different versions, which is very fulfilling. And it is a very beautiful aspect that grows. It's different aspects of experience, different aspects of view. 
So the man needs to realize and not to shut it down, but just to be aware and look at the options and see which of these options is actually needed and possible and integrated now. But because of this fear and that men have in front of women, that men have in front of energy, which comes from this inability to stay away, aware, to look at what is a situation, lucidly analyze it, it comes this tendency to just, you know, run away from the woman, either physically, or, you know, sometimes when a woman comes with a lot of things and the man is standing there, but if we will listen to what's happening inside the head, the man is already running far, far, far away. He's already not there. You can see in his eyes, they are glazed. He's not listening anymore. Arthur, can, can I um, just bring this back to... Um... I made it too general, too... No, it's just, I want to bring it back to why this is actually really important, mm. you know, fundamentally important, yes. because it could just sound a little bit like it's a game. And on some level, as you say, it is a game of polarity between masculine and feminine. Mm. But why is it really important? And why, for example, could a man be really powerful in the time of crisis, which was possibly where you were going to lead to in this talk. I'm not quite sure if that was. Well, first of all, we are in a crisis. We, we are in an internal crisis, first of all. Yes, there are many, many social crises, but honestly, they are reflections of our inner crisis, crisis of values, crisis of identity. And yeah, it is a game in the sense that all of life is a game. Uh, but it wouldn't matter if it wouldn't be that without it, we start to develop profound uh, imbalances, profound um, frustrations, which eventually erupt in very painful and disharmonious ways. For example, um, a man that one of the things that men really, really need for them to be happy is purpose. And it's not in the same way for women. For women, things work very, very different. But for men, if there isn't a purpose in life, it's very difficult to be happy and fulfilled. And um, a big part of the purpose for men is connected to the fact that uh, it's something to which he dedicates all those inborn qualities that he has. And for that purpose, he's then, because always the purpose will be just out of reach for us, which means we would have to then mobilize our resources, train ourselves, improve the different qualities we have so that we could live up to that purpose. And of course, then the purpose will in itself reveal a little bit of a deeper level, which will require more work on our behalf. And that gives a man a, a direction in life, a purpose and a, a clarity, a, a proper integration. And with the absence of that, then you get, uh, it starts to appear a profound lack uh, an emptiness inside, which then is trying to be fulfilled by drink or other substance abuse, by fulfilling loyal desires, which 
can come like aiming to accumulate wealth in a disharmonious way or accumulate status or accumulate relationship, but not in a way that is fulfilling, but just an aim to own a woman as a means of status, for example, or to fulfill certain sexual desires, but not in a truly profound, heartful way. Or um, uh, aiming to fulfill certain ambitions, or it can become uh, manifested as tendencies of domination, of tyranny. And all those things will still not solve the problem of this, uh, you can call an identity crisis that happened inside and which honestly looking at young men is so vast, is so big. And of course that's in their internal life at the level of relationships, this would be a total catastrophe because it's very difficult to build a strong couple relationship which are working together and helping each other and supporting each other when at least one of them doesn't understand his purpose in that relationship and is coming ill-equipped because he left all the tools that he was given and which was also developed he threw them away because he believed there's no need for them and then he comes to the relationship not bringing anything and that also leads us to the um, big social crisis that we meet because of course, if we have a lot of people that are unfulfilled and have a lot of unused energy and which have big traumas in them and so on, you know, that is the mass of bubbling energy which can easily erupt with any little uh, provocation. So then, uh, when, you know, when you look at the uh, discourse today, it's almost hysterical over any political argument. People explode ah, and calling each other terrible names. We used to have in most, uh, in most uh, countries two parties which disagreed and argued with each other. Now, not anymore. It's all you guys are traitors, you guys are fascists. Every, every small disagreement becomes something huge. That shows a lot of people who are profoundly emotionally unstable, which completely poisons our entire uh, environment. And it's in many ways is part of the political crisis that we are. We lost the ability to, to discuss things, to reach understandings, to accept when we do not agree with each other. Uh, and this in itself, I mean, this tendency to overreact in this emotional way leads to violence, leads to social unrest, to rioting, to wars, uh, to hysteria, which then leads to policies that are way exaggerated, like many of the policies that were regarding the recent health crisis, which it was a health situation. But because we have this inner mentality that is so unstable and is overwhelmed, we make everything into a crisis. And that's when, for example, a man which have been po positively trained to stay lucid and centered even in a time of turmoil and stay aware and analyze clearly the situation and not overreact, but take a proper decision would have not handle this situation like a crisis and come on, it's crazy. In Denmark, every month they're changing the rules. Why all this change? You take a course, you follow it, you gradually adapt it. 
but it's missing this aspect. So we find it, especially now with this social crisis, that economical crisis that is soon gonna come because of, uh, as a consequence of the current health crisis, the health crisis, the political crisis that has been, I mean, UK was almost uh, uh, from, just over the Brexit for two years was in a kind of a continuous uh, uh, political meltdown. Uh, United States as well. Israel, my home country, is for three years in a total uh, uh, immobility politically wise because of a terrible political crisis. We don't need great masculine leaders. We need a society, a population that has in it strong men in their specific strengths, strong women in their specific strengths, who would then handle all these situations in a much, much, much better way. But with the absence of this formation, aiming to allow women to develop their feminine strength, to allow men to develop their strength, masculine strength, to work together in a good way, we're creating a hotbed, which is extremely fertile for crises, crisis as a way of living. So yeah, society really, really needs strong men now. And it really needs strong women as well. However, now we kind of have this idea that strong women should manifest kind of like men did, but weak men. And men should be weak so they are not threatening. And it creates this extremely depolarized, this extremely disorganized, this, in many ways, a very disharmonious society. Now, to be clear, I am, in many ways, it's good that we tore down some of the dogmas, because dogmas are not good. But what they were supposed to be replaced with is an understanding of the inner needs, the inner mechanisms, and then consciously and lucidly following them to see what are the needs and the natural strength and purposes for men and what are the ones for women and develop them lucidly in our own life. You know, I wanted to just ask you something because you seem very clear yourself about really the, the masculine role. And I just wondered how you got to that place personally because you were saying that there's some training involved with that. Yeah. So if men were listening now and thinking, well, yeah, maybe I do need to um, find my masculine power more, but actually not know how to go about that. What would be involved with that training, for example? So one thing is it, it's very good for men to spend some time with other men. Because it's very difficult to develop it when we are mixed together, men and women. Um, and it's good to search for the company of men and to uh, do things together. The second aspect is a man generally needs a goal, needs a purpose, uh, and that he works towards practically. Because the very fact that he has a goal and he needs to reach it, there will appear obviously always some 
obstacles and over facing those obstacles, he will then realize that there are some qualities he needs to develop and then he will need to develop them. And that whole structure will already start to shape him as a character. So that's another aspect. Um, generally, also the man's qualities have a lot to do with lucidity, awareness, attention. And these are qualities that can be developed and they can be trained very much with uh, uh, training, mental training, meditation training, and so on. But uh, what I would really recommend is there are several different schools. I myself am a teacher in um, a Natalga Center in Denmark. There are branches uh, of this school, Abatman Federation, all over the world, which teach these elements and including practical exercises and one could join there. There are also many, many other schools that deal with these things because many uh, movements have noticed this need, which used to be natural to recognize. For example, uh, David Data had groups that was training these things. Uh, Jordan Peterson has been uh, having many sessions and uh, uh, has published books that uh, also help this very, very much. So there are many, many such options around. Of course, some are better, some are less good, and a person needs to put discrimination to see uh, which are more harmonious and which are not. But uh, to search for a system of teaching that could give you what you need. Yeah, because I'm sure it isn't one size fits all either. No, 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 definitely not. And either way, whatever school or teacher or uh, class you join would never do the work for you. It will give some guidelines, but it's up to each of us to see what's the way to adapt it into our life because the path of no two people in the world is the same. If somebody is giving you like a fixed frame, this is exactly how it is and you have to follow exactly this, better run because it will for sure not fit you. Instead, the right way is to offer certain principles and which you then look at and you validate and you experiment and you prove to yourself if they are valid or not. And then you see how they're harmoniously integrated in your life in a way that is authentic for you and to offer some practical tools that then you choose to apply those tools in the way that works for you. Otherwise you just become a robot. Interesting, interesting. So do you think there's hope for men then, Arthur? There is always hope. And I also don't even think we are that far away from it. Because even a man who is not in contact with his gifts, those gifts are always there inside of him, just like the feminine gifts are always inside the woman. It's just that they are covered. But life has a way of always um, helping us out. And you know, the worst case scenario, we do not develop at all these aspects. There will come such a crisis that we will have no choice but to face it. And then facing it, we will have to dynamize those inner resources and develop them. So we don't have a choice not to do it. It will come either sooner or later, either consciously or kind of forced on us by the, uh, by, by the environment.
This is also part of the reason why if you look a bit around, you see generally men being stronger in, uh, in uh, less developed countries, in the former Soviet bloc, in uh, third world countries, in Arab countries. Yes, in many cases, not harmonious and with all kinds of issues with misuse of power, but generally speaking, more in contact with masculine qualities, where in the West, you find more a tendency towards men that are less in contact with that, because life in the West has been engineered to be so well regulated, society takes care of anything, we really don't have to do stuff ourselves anymore. And because of that, because of the lack of external challenge, we are not forced to develop those qualities anymore. Because now what is what we should have done is saying, since we made such a good society that does not require any external challenge, now we should take the inner challenges. Like, for example, develop ourselves as human beings, develop our relationship, take proper care of our loved one, and so on. But, you know, we are lazy, so we just fall asleep into this great Western civilization. But then the consequence, we become weak, we become weak, the society starts to destabilize, and if we continue, well, it will destabilize so much the society that just like less developed countries, we will suddenly have to start doing things ourselves and we will develop these qualities. Hopefully, we do it ourselves, we develop ourselves, so it will not be needed and we get to keep the wonderful aspects that we put into our society and just add another aspect rather than nature tearing it down. Because here's the thing, we cannot make a society that it's so smart that it can keep on working well with all its members being asleep. It doesn't work on autopilot. It's made up of the people that are in it. So we have put so much, one of the great things in Western civilization is that it put a lot of attention to create social systems. Good, we've done that. But now we need to turn the attention inside to develop the human system ourselves as individuals. And then we could say that will be a huge achievement. Conscious, strong individuals in a well-organized society. Well, that's a really wonderful note to end this on, I think, Arthur. And um, really interesting, amazing the way you have such clarity on this subject in a, in a world of confused men, I think. so. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your wisdom and clarity. And I'm sure a lot of men will be um, quite hunger to, hungry to hear some of this. Um, thank you. With, uh, with pleasure. It was wonderful to share this time with you, Lucy. Thank you. If you'd like to know more about the quantum questions, please go to the website www.thequantumquestions.com.